It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at 1400ESPN.net and podcasts at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios just outside city limits here in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan on this Monday, November 8th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. We have a busy lineup ahead. Coming up around 6.15, we'll talk Rudyard football with their head coach, Jim Suggett. 6.30, we'll be joined by co-host of the game and host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKeg Jr. And then at 6.45, co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports will join us to talk about regional sports along with the second hour and our national sports roundup. But as always, we start with high school and local sports and eight-player football from Friday night in the Division I Region One Final. For the second straight week, the Rudyard Bulldogs avenged a regular season loss. They beat Munising a couple weeks ago in their opening round playoff game, and they knocked off Newberry on Friday by the score of 28 to nothing. Senior quarterback EJ Suggett scored rushing touchdowns in all four quarters as the Rudyard defense did not allow a point in making it to their second ever state semifinal. The last time that happened was 1982 when they made it to the Final in Class D, the erstwhile Class D, if you will, in the state of Michigan. Rudyard will be at Sutton's Bay on Saturday at 2 p.m. In the game you can hear over on our sister station, Country 105, as Dave Watson will be making the long trek for Matt Pocket. The district and the MHSAA couldn't gerrymander that regional any closer for Matt to make it. So, Dave... He's going to make the trek and do the game on Saturday, 2 o'clock. Dave will have the pregame show around 145 over on Country 105. The other semifinal in eight-player Division One will be played on Friday as Martin will travel to defending state champion Adrian Lawney Christian. And the eight-player Division One state final game will be played at the Superior Dome in Marquette on Saturday, November 20th. And again, we're scheduled to be talking to their head coach, Jim Suggett, here in about 12 minutes or so. Around high school football and eight-player Division II regional finals, Powers North Central, they crush Crystal Falls Forest Park 65-8, to and they will host Marion in a Division II semifinal Saturday afternoon. The other Division II semifinal and eight-player football sees Cologne at Gray Sims. In 11-player football, some of the Northern Michigan teams, Beale City tops Iron Mountain in their district final 41-6. Beale City advances to host Carson City Crystal 
in their regional final. In Division 7, Ishpeming Westwood edges out Charlevoix 30-28, to and they will go to Traverse City St. Francis this Saturday for their re- regional final. St. Francis Oliver McBain this past Saturday, 55-13. to In Division 6, Calumet over Nagani 24-19. They will travel to Standish Sterling for their regional final on Friday. Kingsley in Division 5, Oliver Clare, 32 to 6 as they will go to Frankenbooth for their regional final. In Division 4, Cadillac knocks off Whitehall 24 to 13. They will be at Hudsonville Unity Christian on Friday for their regional final. And finally, in Division 2, Traverse City Central routes Bay City Western 55 to 18 and they will travel to Caledonia for their regional final. High school volleyball districts from this past week, two Eastern, actually three Eastern Upper Peninsula teams still alive. The Sioux High Blue Devils, they had to do a lot of traveling to start their district. They would take out Kingsford in four sets on Monday. Then they would travel to Nagani and sweep the Miners in the district semifinal on Wednesday. And the Blue Devils were rewarded with a home district final on Friday. And they went on to sweep the Sheboygan Chiefs by a 3-0 count. Claire Erickson with 10 kills in that district final. Three blocks, two digs, while Avery Benoit had nine kills, nine digs, and two blocks for the Blue Devils. While Hannah Bird dished out 34 assists and 14 digs. So the Blue Devils advance to the regional semifinal in Division 2, which will be played in Cadillac on Tuesday, where they will take on the host Vikings. The other side of the region semifinal has Alma taking on Midland Bullock Creek with the regional final slated for Thursday. In Division 4, both the Pickford Panthers and Rudyard Bulldogs advanced to the regional final. Pickford certainly had quite the road to get there. They knocked off Mackinac City in their first district game 3-2. And then they would defeat Pelston by a 3-2 count in Pelston to win the district final. Lucy Bennon led the Panthers in that one with 12 kills and 23 digs to go along with two blocks, while Lizzie Story had nine kills, 20 assists, 35 digs, and seven aces. And so Pickford advances to the regional semifinal in Brimley on Tuesday night, where they will take on the Rudyard Bulldogs, as Rudyard defeated Brimley in their district final in Rudyard on Friday by a 3-0 count. So Pickford and Rudyard in Brimley. Wonder who the home fans will root for in that one. That regional final is set for Tuesday. And so good luck to both the Blue Devils, the Panthers, and the Bulldogs. At least one team will make the regional final, possibly two. So lots of good volleyball being played in the area. Sioux Indians, we'll talk more about the NOJHL and OHL at the bottom of the hour with co-host David McKegg Jr., The Sioux Indians idle this past weekend. They will be getting back into Maha League action this upcoming Saturday, 4 p.m. at Puller Stadium against Bell Tire from Detroit. And the second game of the series will be played Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at the Taffy Able Arena. One other Sioux Indians note, Colin Goff. He has signed a North American Hockey League tender agreement with the Fairbanks Ice Dogs, Robbie Prophet and crew up there in Alaska. Colin, a Wasilla, Alaska native, also home of Sarah Palin, I might add, will return home to pursue the next level of his hockey dreams with the Ice Dogs in Fairbanks. 
and playing his second season with the Indians, scoring 18 goals, 13 assists in 19 games for 31 points. So far and in his first season, Goff had 16 goals, 14 assists for 30 points in 37 games. And so good luck to Colin Goff and the North American Hockey League's Fairbanks Ice Dogs. Somewhere, somewhere I know, boo is smiling at that one. Laker volleyball over the weekend, uh, falling in a pair of road matches. The Lakers would lose to Northern Michigan by a 3-0 count on Friday, and then they would drop a 3-0 decision to Michigan Tech on Saturday. The Lakers, 2-23 and on the season. They will play their final match of the 2021 fall season this upcoming Saturday at Northwood. The match against the Timberwolves is set for 2 p.m., in Midland. The Lake Superior State men's and women's cross country teams ran in the NCAA Division II Midwest Region Cross Country Championships this past Saturday in Evansville, Indiana. The women's team competed in the 6K distance, while the men's team participated in the 10K race. Senior David Mitter finished in 12th place for the Laker men to earn all region accolades as he set a new personal record in the 10K with a time of 30 minutes and 46 seconds. This marks the second time in Mitter's collegiate career that he has received all region honors. Mitter held seventh place as he posted a split of 444 through the first mile. And again, he ended up finishing at 12th. Mitter's classmate, Kendall Del Prix, was the next Laker to cross the finish line with a time of 34 minutes and nine seconds. Laker men's basketball over this weekend. They went down to Oakland to take on Division One at the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Malik Adams led the way for the Lakers with 23 points. Lakers had an early lead, fell behind by about 30-some-odd points, but came back and made it quite a game. They would end up falling in an exhibition match to Oakland by the score of 91-81. to and the Laker men, they're scheduled to travel to Rolla, Missouri to compete in the Missouri S&T crossover tournament this upcoming weekend. The Laker men will start with a game on Friday at 2 p.m. against Southwest Baptist, and then they will host Missouri, or rather they'll play host Missouri S&T this Saturday at 4 p.m. Laker women's basketball team idle this weekend. They are also traveling in a different direction going south. And they will travel to Cedarville, Ohio for a four-team tournament hosted by Cedarville University. Friday, they will play the host Cedarville at 745 and then on Saturday, 2 p.m. against Ohio Dominican. Laker hockey over the weekend, uh, earning a split on the road. Uh, the Lakers would win on Friday by the score of 3-2. to two. The star of the show Friday night, Ethan Lagenegger, he made a career-high 42 saves in the wind. Logan Genuine, Jacob Nordquist, and Brandon Percelli would score the Laker goals in that one. And then the Lakers would see their seven-game unbeaten streak end on Saturday as the Huskies would beat Lake State by the score of 2 to nothing. So the Lakers currently sit in a four-way tie atop the CCHA standings with a 3-1 and record along with Minnesota State, Bemidji State, and Bowling Green. The Lakers will be home this weekend for a pair of CCHA games against Bemidji State, Friday at 7.07, Saturday at 6.07. You can hear those games over on our sister station, Yes FM, with the voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford. And don't forget, tomorrow afternoon at noon, the Laker Hockey Show here on ESPN 1400. Bill Crawford will interview Laker head coach Damon Witten. 
cast of thousands scheduled to appear again on the Laker Hockey Show, which will be tomorrow at noon right here on ESPN 1400. We're going to take our first break of the night, but we come back. We are scheduled to be joined by Jim Suggett, head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs football team, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Dreaming of owning your own home? Turn that dream into a reality with help from Taquamanan Area Credit Union. TACU has a full line of mortgage products to fit your every need. Not sure where to begin? Getting a pre-approval is a good first step on the road to home ownership. To get pre-approved, you can apply online at TACUMI.com. Visit us at our Newberry office or call our mortgage department at 906-293-5117. Taquamanan Area Credit Union. To us, it's always personal. Member NCUA. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 614 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Mason with you and joining us on the game, the head coach for the Rudyard Bulldogs football team, Jim Suggett. Joining us on this Monday night, Jim, appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, welcome to the game, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Scott. Well, Jim, uh, before we talk about the season, certainly uh, let's talk about what happened Friday night in Newberry. The Rudyard Bulldogs and Newberry Indians tangled in the eight-player Division One Regional Championship, a team that beat you on your home field. And the Bulldogs come out and play uh, old-school smash-mouth football, running the ball, playing great defense, uh, winning by the score of 28 to nothing. Uh, Jim, certainly as a coach, you got to love what you saw on the field Friday night. Uh, just give us uh, your thoughts on the game. 
Absolutely. Uh, that was our game plan going in. We were going to uh, pound and ground with EJ and uh, make them make some big stops. Last time they wanted to play a cover two deep um, with a couple of DBs back there. So they were going to try to play six up front. And I think with the personnel we had, we thought we could take it to them that way. And you certainly did, uh, Coach. And, and, you know, you had the uh, unlikely ability, rather. I don't think it's happened much in playoffs where two of the teams that you lost to in the regular season, you end up playing in the playoffs and beating both those teams, going back to Munising a couple weeks ago and then at Newberry. What were some of the big adjustments in both those games that propelled the Bulldogs to victory? Well, our offensive line has been playing much better. Our defense is better. Um, EJ got dinged up week two, so he's been recovering with a knee injury. So he's almost healthy. Uh, having an extra guy to run the ball, share the load with Dickel and Peterson has, you know, just been great to have three or four guys that can run the ball really helps. Yeah, let's talk about some of these players, Jim, on your squad, uh, starting with your son, a senior quarterback, EJ Suggett, uh, 135 yards, 34 carries, and four touchdowns. You know, this is a guy, much like in the Sioux with Jake Davey, a four-year starter. And when you get to games like this, you know, pressure and everything, certainly to have a guy taking snaps that's played so much certainly has helped your team. Yeah, you know, anytime they play – Football for four years is great, but um, a lot of our guys have been four-year starters for four years in baseball, basketball, and football. So that pressure you mentioned, those guys kind of thrive on that, and I think they're actually better when there's something bigger on the line. Jim Suggett joining us on the game, head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs football team. And Jim, let's kind of divert uh, the, the planned questions I had for a second. You talked about the program at Rudyard, the athletic program. I mean, certainly your success along with uh, head coach Tracy Peterson with the basketball team and just all across the board, it has been and it continues to be another fantastic sports season. What's going so right uh, for your football team, basketball teams and all the other programs? I mean, you got some good kids, obviously, but you, you get something in the water in Rudyard that's making you have so much success. No, I mean, Scott, you know, like the senior group started when they were in third and fourth grade and it's academics and it's the extra work and they understand what it takes. You know, these guys have been in the weight room for four or five years and just now it comes to fruition because we've had so many good programs around us, Cedarville, Pickford. We're playing these guys, and they've been good for so long, even Ingedine. So might not have shown where this is the first year we've actually had a winning record, but, man, Cedarville's been good for 18 years. So much of football success, Jim, is controlling the line of scrimmage, and you talked about some of the players on Friday that did so. Uh, Brett Mayer, Noah Moses, Aaron McDowell, Tate Bestman, Callan Lawler. Certainly, you know, football games many times are won in the trenches, and it sounds like those guys really stood up on Sunday or on Friday, yeah. excuse me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Lance Bickle and Kurt Kukowski do such a great job with prep on these guys. They just dive right into the film. And then we craft our practice plan to match that. And we just try to do the best that we can with what we've seen on film to try to match up with guys. 
Jim, who are some of the other players that have had a lot of success this year? Uh, on Friday, Aiden Bickle uh, ran for hundred yard, over 100 yards. Uh, we've seen a lot from Cam Peterson, uh, uh, all sorts of different positions. Uh, those two and some of the other players that have been keys to your success this season. Well, probably the biggest unsung hero is going to be Austin, Root Beer Warner. Um, Austin, has, Root, just he, he just shows up all the time. There, you know, if we had a special teams guy for holds, for uh, Nolan for kicking, he's probably saved 17 or 18. Yep. He, we call him Cool Hand Luke. Um, he went, he'll play quarterback for us. He plays running back for us. He plays tight end. He's played move to guard. He's done all those things that you ask of him, and he just comes to practice and keeps working. You mentioned uh, Nolan and your kicker, and that's something you know that we haven't seen a lot of over the years in the UP, a, a, a team that has a solid kicker, and uh, b- b- about nine times out of ten, if not more, he makes those extra points. As a coach, do you, do you love having a solid kicker like that in your back pocket? Because that makes the math a lot easier when you're in those close games, when you have a guy that's going to make almost every extra point. Oh, absolutely. And I guess I have to give a shout out to Alan MacArthur yep. and the Sioux High Soccer Program. <laughs> um, I thought that'd be a great story between Cole Hawker and Jake Nolan having a little kickoff and what they brought to the EUP football this year is just fantastic. Jim Suggett joining us on the game, head coach of the Red Yard Bulldogs football team. And Jim, before we look at your upcoming opponent on Saturday, Sutton's Bay, uh, just from your own perspective, obviously eight-player football is rather new in the area over the last 10 years. Red Yard's been involved for a few years. You know, you played 11-player football, you coached 11-player football. How's the transition been for you, you know, moving to the eight-man or eight-player, whatever you want to call it, football division and just your coaching flow? philosophies what what's changed in that transition well you know i think i'm just like everybody else or you're hesitant to have that change from something that you've known your whole life and loved but man let me tell you what scott it's like speed chess yeah there are there are so many nuances that you have to learn it's always evolving it's easier to get those that's what you're looking for is those matchups where you can have your athletes on their athletes and it's just so diverse. I mean, you can have the center can go up for a pass. You just have to be so dedicated to teaching your kids what to watch for. It's just a whole new world. And, you know, looking at Rudyard's football team over the past couple seasons, uh, you know, slowly, gradually progressing. And to me, that win at Gaylord St. Mary's was key, not just to get into the playoffs, but then you follow that up by beating Pickford, uh, obviously a big win on anybody's schedule. But that Gaylord St. Mary's game, not just how, not this that you won, but how convincing you won, that really, I think, set the set the stage for this run that you're having. That That game right there, one you had to have, and certainly... I think, you know, carried the momentum that you guys are continuing to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that all started in the summer with uh, EJ, Cam, Root, and Tate. Those guys were five or six days a week from 7 till 11 every day, yep. working out, running. And that one of their goals was to get here. And then when uh, we had that little slump in the middle of the season, we had to win out. And we had that talk with them, starting with Ingenine. This is your guys' preseason. We're going to have to beat Ingenine. Then you got to go to Gaylord St. Mary's. We are in playoff mode right now because if you lose, six and three is not going to get you in. And it probably wouldn't have indeed. Jim Suggett joining us on the game, head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs football team. And Jimmy, let's look at your upcoming opponent on Saturday, Sutton's Bay. 
a team that is undefeated. As a matter of fact, they've lost four games in four years, uh, making it to the eight-player Division One finals the last two seasons. Uh, the only common opponent that you both have played is Munising. Uh, you go one and one, and they beat Munising forty-six to nothing. What do you know about this team? I know you're probably watching a lot of film this week, and uh, what do you need to do to beat them and make it to the state final here a week from Saturday? Well, we're kind of the new guy to the party. Obviously, like you said, you know, this is kind of commonplace for them. Uh, they are big up front. They're big, strong. They have three really good backs. Their quarterback is solid. Uh, you, whoever you have to play, we have to bring our A-plus game down there to play them at their place after a three-hour bus trip. But they are well-coached. They know, they're very confident in what they do. Um, so we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to keep playing like we're playing. To give yourself a shot. Jim, final question before we let you go. You mentioned a couple of your coaches that have helped out. Uh, who are some of the other coaches and people that have helped you out, not just at the varsity level, but also uh, the other, the junior Bulldogs and other programs? Who are some of the, the men and women that have helped you out this season? Well, that's where, you know, we've kind of created that family. Uh, Steve Sawyer was our head coach four years ago. He now coaches our junior high. Uh, you get comments from him. He's up in the box with us. Uh, of course, I said Kay and, and Bick are here all the time. Uh, Mike Kirchner uh, helped with the running program this summer. That was big. We got our JV, Brandon Ross and Jace Genru and uh, Jeremy People. Uh, we only got to play two games because of COVID. Either we had, didn't have numbers, they didn't have numbers, but those kids were out there for you know, 10, 12 weeks with those coaches. Uh, in the school, you got um, Kylie McKee and Sonia Elpers. And of course, uh, John Krentz and Bridget Coffey in our AD department and our principal, uh, Chad Fulkersma and Superintendent Mac, uh, Mark Pavlowski are always around helping. Uh, they're on speed dial. We get lots of text back and forth from everybody trying to create that family atmosphere because that's what it takes. Ronnie Van Sloten had that here when yep. our, our baseball program was very successful. And I think if you start looking around those ones, like in the Sioux, you start seeing seven, eight coaches hanging around all the time. And that's where you build that family so the kids know that you care. That's how you build a program, and certainly Rudyard is doing it better than anybody these days. Jim Suggett joining us on the game, head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs football game. Again, the Bulldogs in action on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock in Sutton's Bay. If you can't make it, you can hear it over on our sister station, Country 105. Dave Watson will be making the trek down to Sutton's Bay for that call. Jimmy, appreciate you joining us on the game. Best of luck uh, in the semifinal and beyond, and certainly uh, we'll try to get you on one more time during the offseason, maybe holding a state title for Rudyard. What do you say? Well, that'd be great, Scott. All right. Best of luck, Jim, and uh, thanks for joining us on the game. Thank you, my friend. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking Sioux Ontario sports with David McKeg Jr., all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400. Also host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, David McKay Jr. Dave, appreciate you joining us once again this weekend. Welcome back to the game, sir. 
Scotty, my friend, how are you? I know I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Happy to be on the show as always. And as I say every week, and I've been saying for like the past 18 months, uh, unfortunately, I know we're not face to face, but either way, happy that I'm able to connect on you here, my good friend. We are getting there, Dave, and certainly we have a lot to cover in a short amount of time, and it all involves hockey. Let's start with the Ontario Hockey League, and Dave, the Greyhounds keep winning two out of three games during the week, it appears. Uh, once again this past week, the Wings uh, would defeat Saginaw at home 8-4, to four, uh, thrashed Guelph on a Friday night 9-4, to four, and then we're down 6-2 to two to the Storm on Saturday. Came back to make it close, but would eventually fall by the score of 6-5. to five. Hounds still looking good in the West Division with a 9-5-0 and record, 18 points. Six points ahead of Flint and Windsor. And the Hounds will be on the road this weekend, taking on Lunda, London rather, and Windsor on Friday and Saturday night. Uh, Dave, Hounds still uh, winning the week. Your thoughts? Scotty, you know, the, the Hounds cannot win on Saturdays. You know, that's yeah. what it is right now. They're winless on the Saturday night. Saturday night where it feels good, all right. That's not a thing for when you're uh, the Greyhounds right now. Uh, they're hot on Fridays, I believe, you know, <laughs> TGIF if you're a Hounds, right? I guess that's the motto in the room. But, uh, you know, jokes aside, the, the Hounds are strong out of the gate. Nine, five, uh, nine wins so far in the season. It's, it's impressive. And honestly, I didn't peg the Hounds to be where they're at. And I eat my words a little bit with that. I did see them successful team this year but to be as hot as they have been uh, out of the gate has been really impressive this team is well put together they're exciting to watch of course you know big matchups this week one I got highlighted is London it seems like every year uh, the, the London Knights are always a team that people love to hate or hate to hate whatever words you want to use for it uh, but the London Knights uh, and going into this week is going to give a lot of kind of indication to where this Hound team is going to stand uh, you know it's still early in the season so having this record now a lot of things can change. And you can compare the Edmonton Oilers and the National Hockey League where they're extremely hot out of the gate, but the question is, will they be able to continue it? And my answer to this question is, I think the Hounds are going to be able to continue this. They, The way that they're playing... The, the way they do play in terms of system play and just their excitement on the ice is just great to watch. Are they a championship team? I don't want to go that far to this point, but they're on the right track uh, to be successful for the entirety of the year, and a lot of things can happen. Maybe when the deadline comes rolling around, maybe you add some pieces, but now we're talking future pieces here. We're going to stick to the current time, and honestly, the Hounds this weekend, the second period proved costly to them on Saturday. Uh, they obviously being behind that big of a margin, and uh, it's really hard to come back from, okay? It doesn't matter what lead you have if you're if you're down by three plus goals going into the third period, the odds are really stacked against you. You know, if you're down five goals at the end of the first period, you know, believe it or not, you kind of have a chance still, you know, to make some noise to come back in the game. If you have a good strong second period, you have the opportunity to make it exciting. But the Hounds being down six one, that's really hard to battle back from when you have thirty minutes and less to go on the hockey game. Uh, they were on the other end though on Friday. You know, they were they were really really uh, impressive victory on Friday against. Guelph and despite you know going two out of three that's still collecting four of a possible six points you know that's still some good odds if the Hounds can keep having those types of numbers it's going to be a successful year Scotty. Hounds in London on Friday night Windsor on Saturday night you can hear both those games over on Rock 101. Dave the NOJHL this weekend the Sioux Thunderbirds are very busy uh, playing three games they would uh, win their first game over Elliott Lake four to one they would also uh, come back to defeat Blind River 5-4. to four. And then yesterday afternoon, 
the Sioux Eagles, their only game of the weekend, they were up 6-1 to after two periods of play on the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds battled back to tie it and send it to overtime. Ultimately, the Eagles would prevail. So the Thunderbirds still in first place in the West with 27 points, Dave. The Eagles in second with 19. They have played quite a few fewer games. And today, of course, the day the Canadian border opened. I did have some discussions with uh, head coach Doug LaProd off the air about the upcoming uh, home games. He seems very optimistic. Although nothing has been officially released by the league as far as the Eagles and when they might play at Polar Stadium. Uh, they are scheduled to play on November 19th and 20th, so we're keeping our fingers crossed. But certainly a wild Sunday at the roads, Dave. Eagles up 6-1, would fall, or would have the game go to overtime, but win in the shootout. Just your overall thoughts on the NLJHL. You know what, Scotty? You bring up a good point there. I was just talking about this. Um, with the um, with the the two Greyhounds there when they're down six one and you have the Thunderbirds who obviously uh, battled back you know it could make that game extremely exciting so kind of eating my words with that right there to a to a certain degree uh, but either way the Thunderbirds battled this weekend to make that game uh, and get back into that hockey game I guess never say die should be the term that I should say on both accounts but the Thunderbirds again there's a team that you know the excitement has been there from the start of the year and they, the expectations of the Thunderbirds are always high, right? And they, they have a good recruitment pool to look at. They're a well-class organization in LJHL. The teams are very even in my eyes between the Eagles and the Thunderbirds. I would still count the Beavers in there. I still think they're a very competitive team. Sudbury, those four teams are going to make it uh, very, very exciting going down the stretch. But, you know, the Thunderbirds and Eagles, I, seeing the border battle get back into place would be great, right? Being able to go across the border, uh, being able to come here, there, have those home and homes. Those are, you know, good good examples of, you know, easy travel for both teams. It's cost savings, which people don't think of from a, from a perspective of me being a former player and coach. I've seen both sides. And, you know, when I was coaching Blind River, when you – Got to go from Blind River to Elliott Lake, or if you go from Blind River to the Sioux, those are easy travels. But you know, when you got to go those further battles, you know, th- those are really costly for organizations. And you know, these close border battles, literally between the states and the Canadian Thunderbirds and Eagles, respectively, or you have Sudbury with the Eagles. This rivalry between these four teams within the Algoma region and going to Sudbury and the, in the Upper Peninsula and Sioux, Michigan, you know, you, it's a great battle to have. And I hope that the Eagles can get back to Polar Stadium quickly because. There honestly might not be a better arena to play in in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. And that's no offense to the Blind River Community Center. That's no offense to uh, Kirkland or even Abitibi back in the day when I played in Abitibi, which was one of the best barns of all time. Uh, like The Polar Stadium is legendary. It's the original hockey town, USA, and the, the, the Polar Stadium is always rocking. The burgers are, are, are just sizzling all the time. And I know there's been some good, uh, let's just say, fan uh, fans get really involved in that game. So I hope the Thunderbirds players can experience that this year and I think that'd be a good advantage for the Eagles and to have the success that they've had to this point have the Eagles despite playing on the quote unquote home games on the road I think that they've really shown how good this team is and the Thunderbirds and Eagles those are my two favorites going in I think this weekend the Thunderbirds battling back the excitement between both teams and games I think that proved it uh, right there but again Having the Eagles be back over the border is uh, obviously something that they can't finalize or confirm yet, uh, but I'm positive there will be something worked out very soon as uh, the border reopens for Canadians to be able to go across the river and take advantage of some of the good things the United States has to offer, per se. 
Yeah, exactly. The uh, Thunderbirds have a busy weekend. They'll host Blind River Friday night, Espinal on Saturday before traveling to Elliott Lake for a Sunday afternoon game. While the Eagles will be on the road, they've been on the road all season. Why wouldn't they be this weekend at Espinola <laughs> on Friday and Blind River on Saturday? Dave McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, we're going to do something a little different here. And this, I know this is going to be hard for you because we're going to play in our remaining four or five minutes, uh, just kind of looking at the NHL and, and the power rankings, if you will. Most teams have played 10 games. I'm going to name the team, name their record. And you're going to give me one word and one word only to describe your thoughts on that team. We'll go through a Perfect. few of these. We may get in depth here. So, you know, I got to start with the team I'm looking at right now and the power rankings that I printed off. The number 11 Toronto Maple Leafs, 7, 4, <laughs> and 1. One word to describe the Maple Leafs so far this season. What is it? What is it? Underachieving. I would go with two-faced, and we'll just leave it oh, at that. How about okay. the oh. top of the power ranking... Florida Panthers, 10-0-1. Mm. One word to describe the Panthers' play. Mint. <laughs> that's the word I'll use. I think that's a good word. I would use convincing. All right, mm. let's go to a team you mentioned, uh, Dave, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Again, power rankings vary depending on where you get it. Oilers off to a 9-1-0 start. One word to describe the Oilers. Oh, I know I'm going to get criticism for this. Overachieving. Okay, I'll say thrilling. <laughs> Oh. At that. Again, we can't comment on our comments, which is makes it even more fun. Team, you were very high on at the beginning of the season, along with Florida, Dave. The Carolina Hurricanes, 9-1-0. Mm-hmm. One word to describe them. Hmm. That's a, this is this one is going to be tough. Uh, I'm going to one word in general. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> um, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to use the word you did. Convincing. I'll I'll put solid. This is a solid. I can't comment because I'm breaking my own rule. Couple more at the top, Dave. Uh, how about the Tampa Bay Lightning, defending a Stanley Cup champion, six three and two? Your thoughts? One word. Uh, I'm gonna go with stable. I'll kind of go along that line. Recharging. That's the word I will use. Detroit Red Wings, winners of two straight, six five and two, fifth in the power rankings uh, that I have. Your thoughts? <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to – can't explain it, so I'm just going to go laughter. I'll just leave it at that. Laughter. Optimism. I'm going with optimism for that one. How about the Seattle Kraken? 4-7-1, 28th in the power rankings. What's your word for the Kraken? Stain. I, I can't elaborate, so I'll just say stain. I'll just say new, just to make it easy. How about the okay. Montreal Canadiens? 3-10, two of those wins against the Detroit Red Wings. Defending Stanley Cup runner-up, if you will. Dave, one word on the Canadian. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> There's my word. <laughs> I, I got disappointing in that one, but I like yours better. Yeah. A couple more, Dave. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, they just fired their coach, along with all the other problems that that organization is having. One word to describe the 2-9-2 and two Blackhawks. Joke. I'll put disturbing because so much is disturbing mm. about that team. Uh, one other team that's kind of on the high end of the rankings, the Calgary Flames, 7-1-3. One, one word to describe the Flames. Hot. <laughs> I, very good. Yeah, I was going to say scorching, so hot is good. Uh, we'll do more of this, and we'll get more in depth in the weeks to come, but I thought we'd have a little fun and bounce around the NHL, Dave. Before we let you go, uh, what's ahead for you and your crew uh, in, during the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario? 
Uh, definitely, and I know people are going to give me ridicule for uh, for the Oilers one and laughing. They're going to wonder what the heck I mean by laughing, but I guarantee you there's a reason why I said that. But, Scott, you're asking about this week here in Sioux, Ontario. Top shelf in the pockets and strike zone coming your way this week. Schedule TBD for strike zone. And for Top Shelf, we expect Top Shelf to be tomorrow in the pocket Wednesday and Strike Zone to be recorded Thursday, released on Friday. Uh, that is the expected news shows this week. For special edition uploads, as I've said last week, uh, we're taking a break from those special edition uploads with our fantastic guests as we transition the game sports show uh, into the TGEM network platform uh, for the channel categories and everything that people are knowing is the worst kept secret in the Sioux, waiting for that launch to happen within the next, we hope, two to three weeks. That's when our next special edition upload will be potentially earlier. So we're going to be going to YouTube for those. But in terms of new shows, we got you covered weekly. Uh, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all those platforms. You can get an eye out for those platforms through Instagram and through uh, Facebook, of course, our website as well, thegamesportshow.com. Uh, the Game Entertainment Media won't have a specific website to start. It will be monitored through thegamesportshow.com, but we will be having the full channel on YouTube, so make sure everybody uh, knows that as well. Any questions or concerns, do not ask yet, because everything still needs to be released. It will make more sense once it is released in the coming weeks. So in other than new shows, Scott, got that project going on and just living life in this beautiful weather that we're having in November because pretty soon we're going to have some snow on the ground and then I'm going to wish that we still had the sun. Yes, beautiful day and weekend here in the Twin Sioux. And uh, one other note, Dave, real quick before we let you go, uh, one of the servers that we use is the Podbean site and you've been a part yes. of that since we started a few years ago. We just hit over 10,000 downloads, and that's just on that site, not even any of the other platforms that we have. So thank you to you, Dave, of course, Butch, EJ, and everybody that's made that possible. And most importantly to the listeners for listening, I run into people all the time talking about not just this show, but the shows we have on the site, and it's certainly a, a good product, uh, I believe, and certainly one that we continue to churn out the best kind of broadcast that we can. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game. Sounds good, Scotty, and thank you, listeners, for the great support over the years. We have many big things coming. Make sure you just keep an eye on the Twin Sioux's only local regional national sports show, the game sports show, and me and Scott and the whole crew love you, just so you all know. Yes, indeed. We're going to take a break here on the game. We come back. Another guy that we love, Butch Davis, will join us all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. With you, want to thank our guests so far tonight, including head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs football team, Jim Suggett, and co-host Dave McKegg Jr. Joining us now and for the duration of the show, co-host of the game here on ESPN 1400 and host of his own show, Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. You can find a brand new edition of a Butch on Sports from last night on his podcast site, Simply Butch 2, that's too.podomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on our podcast platforms, including thegamesportshow.podbean com as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the world of regional and national sports. Butch, how you doing on this uh, pretty mild Monday night? 
Oh, mild and clever there. Mild and clever indeed. Mild and clever, and certainly, Butch, we have a lot to talk about during our time. And let's pick up the uh, high school sports uh, football playoffs before we get to some of the other championships this weekend. Uh, One team still alive in the Eastern Upper Peninsula, the Rudyard Bulldogs, who will be playing their state semifinal Saturday night in Sutton's Bay in eight-player Division One. So best of luck to the Bulldogs. We had a nice chat with their head coach. Coach Jim Suggett, just the second time Rudyard has ever made the state semifinals in high school football. Uh, Butch, we also covered some of the Upper Peninsula and Northern Michigan teams still alive. Uh, what are some of the teams and games that you're looking at as far as this past weekend, what you saw, and some upcoming matchups? Well, the big game to me personally was the River Root uh, Martin Luther King deal there, where basically I think the winner of that has a very good chance of going to state. However, Martin Luther King beat out and beat Rich very bad there. And Allen Park will be their next opponent who's doing, right down the road a piece for me there, who's doing a, a great job in, on their defensive escapades there. Uh, that's a Division Three, uh, also a Division Three um, core workers, uh, Central uh, Cedar Springs there. And, and they'll meet up with DeWitt. DeWitt did some... Uh, Home cooking on their opponents there in that particular one. Also, Division Four, where Detroit Country Day is still alive at Chelsea, who has not lost a game this year there. That should be the big game. And right now, to me, in the lower peninsula there. Also, uh, Kingsley and Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth, again, another team has not lost a game this year. Kingsley only losing one. Uh, Michigan Central, um, they, uh, only one loss. Uh, they'll be going against Clinton, who is nine and two at Clinton High. Now Clinton nine and two versus uh, Michigan Center. Again, the point differential comes into play, and it's about maybe a tenth of a point that separates these particular two teams from a home dealing there. The big surprise was was Ecorse beating Detroit Southeastern there. They'll still ride the Tiger there. They'll be playing Warren Michigan Collegiate. Um, the point ranking doesn't mean a thing right now with uh, Ecorse right now. One of the more hotter teams in the state of Michigan at this moment. Ipanina in uh, Division 7, uh, Westwood. They'll be playing Traverse City and St. Francis. Oof. St. Francis has not lost a game this year. Westwood only won. And uh, finally in Division 8, because you could cover all the, uh, all the good stuff in uh, the 8 um Eight-player uh, football there is uh, White Pigeon against Hudson. There they'll be at uh, Thompson Field. Uh, White Pigeon is only to ten and one, and versus Hudson, who again another team that has not lost the game. Yeah, and we're to the regional final stage, or I like to call the quarterfinal stage in 11-player and the semifinal stage in 8-player. And one interesting note with Rudyard, Butch, uh, they lost two regular season games to Munising and Newberry, and they end up beating both those teams in the playoffs. I don't know if that's ever happened, but it certainly hasn't happened much. Uh, A team that loses the two teams in the regular season, and then they go on and beat them both at their place in the playoffs. Certainly another great season for Rudyard, and certainly uh, something that they can hang their hats on very nicely. Well, Rudyard got a big job with Sutton. Yes, they do. The winner of that will make uh, their dealings with another undefeated team. Cause it'll be Martin against Adrian Lewenza Christian there, yep. 
which also those two undefeated teams. So they got some work on their hand there, but with good grace, they will uh, make it to the finals there at the Dome up in the Upper Peninsula. Yep, certainly looking forward to that. Butch, a couple other uh, high school championships were uh, run and played this weekend, including in soccer in the Lower Peninsula, Division One, uh, Okemos over New Baltimore Anchor Bay, 2-1. to one. In Division Two, Grand Rapids Christian over Bloomfield Hills Brother Rice, 2-1. to one. Grand Rapids South Christian wins the D3 title in boys soccer over Gross Isle, 3-1. to one. And Wyoming Potter's House, never heard of them, but they won the Division Four state title, 3-0 over Clarkson Everett Collegiate. Lots of soccer played, and Butch, we got four champions in the Lower Peninsula. Four champions. I see men from Southeast Michigan there, but... Again, a champion is a champion. Congratulations to all those particular teams that took part in it. And um, hopefully none of you guys are burning up furniture. (laughs) Well, certainly not in East Lansing, which we'll talk about next hour. Butch, in cross country, the Lower Peninsula Finals were also run last week. Let's just go through the team winners and individual winners in Boys Division 1. Brighton wins the team title, and Riley Howe, or Ho, out of Heartland, wins the individual title. In Girls Division 1, it was Ann Arbor Pioneer. Also a runner from Ann Arbor Pioneer won first place, Rachel Forsyth. Her sister, uh, Sarah, finished eighth overall for the winning Ann Arbor Pioneer team. Boys Division Two won by Otsego. And uh, Caleb Yaramar from Pickney won the individual title. Girls Division Two won by East Grand Rapids for the team. Individual winner, Madeline Friends from Grand Rapids Christian. In Division Three, the boys winner of team-wise, St. Louis. The individual winner out of Benzie Central, kind of a northern Michigan team. Hunter James won that individual race for the boys. In Girls Division Three, won by Hart for the team title. Lonnie Bloom of Ithaca won the individual title. And finally, Butch in Division 4, Hillsdale Academy wins the team title. And Lazwani Osternick out of Wyoming Potter's House wins the individual title. And for the girls, won by Muskegon Western Michigan Christian for the team. And also individually by Abby Vanderkoy. One of the times, Butch, for the Division 1 champion there for the boys, Five five K and fourteen minutes fifty six seconds. My question to you is Butch Davis in his prime running that same race. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not that fast. Oh I I would love to be that dog on quick. And it's a long distance run. Oh, no, I would have fell out maybe on the second K or something. Yeah, I think so. I would have probably taken a detour in the woods and uh, just said enough of this. That's a lot of running. That's right. Butch, we got about five minutes left here uh, before we get to the actual teams that played in the NFL and certainly a lot to talk about outside the teams and players that played. Uh, let's just talk about the Detroit Lions quickly. Uh, they did not lose this week. They had a bye week. The Lions 0-8 will resume action at Pittsburgh on on Sunday, a couple notes that I saw this past week, Butch, uh, the Lions uh, once was number one receiver, Tywell, Tyrell Williams. Um, he is uh, no longer, I believe, with the team. Uh, they released him off of injured reserved with an undisclosed injury settlement. And Taylor Decker uh, looks like he is back. The defensive lineman uh, expected to be uh, at least part of the uh, atmosphere this week in practice, potentially going to play Pittsburgh Butch, that's all I got as far as positive and negatives out of the Detroit Lions. They didn't play this week. They're 0-8. 
What are your thoughts? Thoughts indeed. Uh, Taylor Decker will be practicing with the team full-time. They're not releasing or giving any information yet on will he be available for Sunday's game. Um, I guess they want to be a surprise, but right now, the way I'm looking at it right now, they're going to take their time in dealing with that there. It was uh, Hops giving a jump to put him off the disabled list, but again, they had to do that or he will be out for the entire season. I think they want to get something out of the deal, basically where that first-round draft choice can be put back to his original position as that right tackle there. So if Taylor Decker comes on in, then that means Pennell Sue will go back to right tackle his original position when the Lions drafted him. Butch, uh, the Lions 0-8, they do have nine games left, and you look at their remaining opponents, uh, they do have their next home game on Thanksgiving against the three and five Chicago bears. Uh, their next two games are at Pittsburgh and at Cleveland. They also have games left at Atlanta home against Minnesota at Denver at Seattle home against green Bay and home against Arizona. You know, you look at those nine games and maybe they might have a chance in a couple, but are we staring at an Owen 17 season? I mean, this team can't be that bad. Can they? Well, I don't think the team is bad. I don't think the players is bad. I just, again, I'll repeat it and I'll repeat it again. I'm going to continue to repeat it. I think the coaching is just awful, okay? Yeah. And we can start off with the uh, head coach and we can go down the line there. Some of the plays they call for some of the things I've seen in the early part of the season, they have one of the nice running games that you ever want to see for the Lions. It's been quite some time that we've got some consistent runners out there, and they have not hoard that particular uh, particular position there. Not at all, okay? So, with that saying, they're always trying to pass the ball, and it's not been successful with the dog run because every time they get a receiver, well, they're getting hurt. So you don't have that consistency thing. You cannot continue to use T.J. Hawkinson all the time and think he's going to be your savior there. Right. you got to have somebody come out the wet watch. we got a quarterback who sometimes he feels like a nut and sometimes he don't. And that has to stop. That has to stop with the head coach making a thorough evaluation on the quarterback. If he has to get the second stringer out there to do some damage and to bring the uh, the team in some type of uh, 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 rah-rah, kind of attitude there to make it positive, that's what he's going to need to do. But exactly right now, the first point of business with the Detroit Lions is that Campbell needs to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with his coaching staff because the coaching has not been right at all. I would agree with that 100%. Once again, the Lions back in action on Sunday at Pittsburgh, who's playing uh, tonight on Monday Night Football. You can hear that game over on our sister station, Oldies 93, Sunday morning, starting at the pregame show around 11 a.m. Butch, we're going to take our top of the hour break, but we have a lot more NFL to talk about in hour two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern UP for over 38 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Give them a call, 906-632-1235. Or stop by and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. 
Dreaming of owning your own home? Turn that dream into a reality with help from Taquamanan Area Credit Union. TACU has a full line of mortgage products to fit your every need. Not sure where to begin? Getting a pre-approval is a good first step on the road to home ownership. To get pre-approved, you can apply online at TACUMI.com. Visit us at our Newberry office or call our mortgage department at 906-293-5117. Taquamanan Area Credit Union. To us, it's always personal. Member NCUA. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. And Butch, before we get to our continuing NFL discussion, want to give a special shout out to a couple listeners. Uh, Craig Krelth and John Asquith had a chance to talk to Craig there uh, over the weekend. A big Green Bay Packer fan, so I know he's going to enjoy this next segment. And Butch, he says that both him and his father-in-law listen to the show every week, and then they have coffee the next day to discuss what was said on the show. So uh, Craig and Jim, appreciate you listening. And to all our listeners, Butch, as uh, on our podcast platform, Podbean, Butch, you and I have been doing this show for several years. We switched to Podbean a few years ago. We just passed 10,000 downloads for all our shows. So a special thanks to our listeners, uh, not just on the Podbean site, but here on ESPN 14 and all the podcasting platforms. Uh, people are listening, Butch, so apparently we're giving them something good to talk about. Yeah, and thank you very much, everybody, for your support. Tell your friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Butch, I'll be friends. Yes. Before we get to uh, the NFL that was played on Sunday, uh, one uh, very high-profile player was not playing on Sunday, uh, that being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure most of our listeners, if not all of them, uh, know that uh, Aaron Rodgers last week contracted COVID-19 and uh, with his unvaccinated status, uh, which during August, in a press conference, he said he was immunized, but he did not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Therefore, with the NFL protocols that they have in place, Rodgers uh, unable to participate in Sunday's game against Kansas City. And certainly uh, lots of talk, Butch, uh, not just by uh, media alike, but also Aaron Rodgers, uh, who on the Pat McAvee show on Friday defended his decision to not get vaccinated and criticized the league for how it's treating its unvaccinated players, saying that he did get immunized with an alternative form of COVID-19 treatment, if you will. And then today, Butch, the NFL um, basically denied uh, Rogers' versions of events. Uh, NFL spokesperson Brian McCarthy said today uh, about Rogers' claims, it's not true. No doctor from the league or the joint NFL, NFLPA, infectious disease consultants communicate 
communicated with the player. If they had, they certainly would have never said anything like that. And we did see uh, many other uh, people, including uh, Terry Bradshaw yesterday, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar today, uh, really throwing some choice words at Aaron Rodgers. I wanted your thoughts on the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, uh, maybe not being totally forward with his vaccination status. And I'm just going to give you the floor, Butch, because certainly this is a very hot topic. Oh, boy. <clears throat> you got me in a tight mode. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, <laughs> a God-fearing guy like I am, I'm going to forgive the guy because, you know, that's where the good books say I'm supposed to forgive him because God forgives me. But I will not forgive him. Oh, forgive, forgive him, okay? They'll put it that way. I'm sorry about that there, at bad English there. He lied to people, okay? He straight out lied to people. And he ran them to the South. Number one, you on the Pat McAfee show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pat McAfee, and people don't know who Pat McAfee is. He's the guy on SmackDown, the... Uh, the 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 guy who gets on top of the tables and pretends he's playing an air guitar or whatever it may be, and you know he's the hype guy there for for that particular show, and he does a very good job of it per se. But in this case, where Aaron Rodgers was interviewing him on the show, I did not see any hype at all with Pat McAfee. He was looked like his mouth was wide open, and four or five flies had rolled through it there. You know the guy. You know, Aaron Rodgers, with the reputation that he has, and also some of the people who uh, is behind him, such as uh, some insurance companies, some other places, and you know, and people know who they are. Some of them are going, are going to definitely disassociate with them. One company has not. They openly said they're going to back Aaron Rodgers at State Farm Insurance. But why would you put? Your teammates on 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 thin ice, along with kids who really look up to you, adults who look up to you as the savior of the masses of the Green Bay Packers, and put Green Bay in that particular shape. You know, he's thinking everything is going to be perfectly fine, and may and hopefully it is. But if he does not get cleared as for next week, he's going to have to spend more time there. Uh, apparently, they got it under wraps, whatever he has at this present time. I'm quite sure with the doctors that the Green Bay Packers have and the uh, laundry of people he have around them, he's going to get the best of care, you know, maybe not, where other people can't get that care. So I just don't like the misinformation that he gave the general public. And he ought to be ashamed of himself for doing that because, again, there's people that look up to him and his word of being somewhat uh, a, a good word there, and and he hasn't done a dog on thing to retain. He's going to have to build his trust up with our many of people in the United States as well as in Green Bay. I'm quite sure, and getting especially if the football team goes downhill now, which I doubt very seriously there. Okay, but again, you know things can happen, and good things don't. It's not going to come to him if he cannot be straightforward with the people that most likely is paying the salary, and that's the people in Green Bay.
And that's my biggest thing with this, Butch. And first and foremost, uh, anybody that contracts COVID-19, vaccinated, unvaccinated, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And, and certainly we hope that he's fine and gets through it. And the majority of people do, but there are some that don't. So first and foremost, let's hope he's okay. We've joked a lot about uh, his on-the-field antics over the past few weeks, Butch, with Aaron Rodgers joking, uh, turning full heel, uh, kind of like NWO Hollywood when Hulk Hogan turned and and certainly this uh, even adds to it especially you know not being straightforward and shame on any reporter that was at that press conference or even afterwards that didn't press the issue what do you mean you're immunized what nobody said that he never had that question asked to him and certainly he knew that the strict COVID protocols for unvaccinated players are in place. And we have seen him not follow those protocols in, in press conferences. We saw him on Halloween uh, doing his thing and, and he is putting his teammates at risk, not just with potentially, you know, having a season gone awry, but he's even health concerns. And, and you look at some of the things that he said on this Pat McAvee show, uh, you know, talking about, you know, here, here just a, a few quotes from here talking about how, you know, he, he's lashed out at, at critics as a woke mob, uh, you know, kind of having unsound concerns, uh, getting some ideas from Joe Rogan, not a doctor, but a comedian as far as treatments. And, you know, to me, Butch, I, I, I'm a believer in the vaccines. I think it's the right thing to do. I'm not saying that anybody else, you know, if your doctor says no or you have some other reasons, then that's your personal choice. But for Aaron Rodgers, it's a little bit different. You know, you're on an NFL team. You're representing uh, not just uh, your teammates, but an entire city. And I just think the stage that he's at, and we've seen other athletes that have been outspoken and truthful for not getting the vaccine, including Kyrie Irving, Tyler Bertuzzi, and while I may not agree with that, I do respect that they do have their own opinion because it is their own life. And my biggest issue was Rogers wasn't straightforward at the beginning, and he put a lot of people at risk. Well, Kyrie Irving and, and company, they were very straightforward with it. Right. Yeah, that, you know, they said that uh, the leagues that they play in can deal with it accordingly and they have to accept it the way it is and they did that and also did not put their other teammates at risk okay so you know a pat on the back to them you know again i suggest everyone who are able to get the vaccine please do that there because i'm tired of wearing a mask according to everyone else's uh point of view they're tired of wearing a mask too but we have to do it because this country is right now far behind from getting vaccinations my thing with Aaron Rodgers is this, okay? And again, he's going to win people's trust back with him when it comes down to the personal note on how he carries himself as a human being there. Because right now, I have not have very good things to think about him there. Number two, and you spoke on a point that basically needs to be investigated also, and that, you know, sometime in these interviews there, the main teams, and that's including the Lions and a lot of teams, they go to the big, bad boogie bears. And when I say the big, bad boogie bears, I mean the stations, okay, who have a television station, or maybe the local big newspaper there. A smaller press person, maybe, who has a good question may not get the opportunity to ask that question at a, maybe a press conference because of the 
the the the plank that the public relations person of that particular team goes by, and that's how it has been. And you and I know that for a fact because of credentialing and other things that the the big stations get the catering, the red carpet, and yep. all the special preps and whatever it may be. And then when we call to get this, and we're doing an honest day's work yep. to feed our fans the truth and what really went on with the games. They do a, a, a rear-end job with it there until you end up having to call them up or get a hold to the NFL and discuss it with the matters. Then they come to terms with it there. You shouldn't have to go do that there. Uh, the press should be equally uh, distributed, especially when it's asking questions there. And I've seen the least person that Maybe, uh, don't, you know, you may not look at it because you're working for a small paper and all, has some of the most outstanding questions in town, but they're not giving the opportunity to express that particular question to the person at large because, again, the public relations person cuts them off or don't give them a chance to ask the question. Butch, let's move on to the NFL and Week 9. It was a Lions-free Sunday. Certainly, I enjoyed that aspect as I was able to watch some other games. And, well, it was a pretty wild weekend as far as unpredictability. Uh, You look at Dallas uh, after that big win at Minnesota. They lay a complete egg at home against a a pretty darn good Denver team, 30-16. to You also had the Buffalo Bills lose to Jacksonville. Jacksonville has two wins and the Lions have none. You also <laughs> saw the uh, Packerless uh, Green Bay, or excuse me, the Rogersless Green Bay Packers lose to Kansas City in uh, what was a pretty ugly game, in my opinion. And then last night, uh, the Rams, who, who were rolling, and Tennessee, who loses Derrick Henry. Matthew Stafford reverted to his Lions days with a couple picks as uh, the Tennessee Titans, now the best team in the NFC. So, Butch, we thought maybe we had some things figured out last week, and this week, uh, you might as well just put all the teams in a in a bowl and try to figure it out because there was a lot of wild games. Some of your thoughts on those games and others. Now you know the reason why I don't want to give in on what's going on and who I think yep. is going to do this or that and the other because, again, some wild things happened. Buffalo Bills lost their brains out when they played in Jacksonville there, and Jacksonville played a great game when it came down to their defense. I don't know what was wrong with their quarterback, and I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills quarterback where he got to get it together quick, fast, and in a hurry. And meanwhile, the Patriots are gaining ground on the Buffalo Bills in that particular they day. sure are. Of the Ravens there. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to say about them, but again, another team that basically kind of whiffed the rug there, okay? The Browns are a pretty good dog on team. And also the Steelers. I think the best competitive uh, division right now is the AFC North right now, where everybody or anybody can win that particular division. In the South, uh, the Titans are showing that their defense and the prowess of their defense. Especially, boy, I love looking at their cornerbacks and their defensive backs. They give uh, the receivers on the other side uh, just a bad day, okay? And I love it, okay? And the Lions just was that much aggressive. I think we could have saw some wins with our team and and just there. The Chargers, again, uh, you think they're out, but then they get in again there. Oakland Raiders, they uh kind of dropped the ball. Kansas City Chiefs uh, get over the boat. And the Broncos beating up on the Cowboys. That was something something to, to admire there. Although the Cowboys still in the East, 
they got a commanding lead in that particular division, and if they do what they're supposed to do, they will go to the playoffs. Green Bay doesn't hurt them in our division there in the north. Uh, the south, the Buccaneers uh, didn't play. They had a bye week, but I'm quite sure they're looking at everything there. And the closest team to them is the Saints, but look out for the Falcons there. They are doing a, a magnificent job of coming back when they had got a very slow start. Cardinals, uh, they bounced back. We talked about the Rams already there. And I think we're going to see more with the Rams because they got some adjustment periods to make with that new man of Miller coming into that defense. And that's some adjustments are going to have to be made on that. I feel bad for Seattle Seahawks, but it looks like that's not going to be their year. And also the 49ers as well. Yeah, you look at the two divisions in the AFC, Butch, uh, with all winning records. You mentioned the AFC North. Pittsburgh will take on Chicago tonight. They're four and three. Everybody else is ahead of them. And the AFC West and one team that just just, uh, boy, you talk about a lot of things going on for the Las Vegas Raiders. They did lose at the New York Giants. Uh, we talked about John Gruden getting fired uh, because of his past statements. Uh, earlier last week, uh, Henry Ruggs III was involved in a fatal DUI crash accident going over 150 miles per hour. And uh, the news just out today on another player for the Raiders, uh, cornerback Damon Arnett. He was cut. He was their first round pick this year after posting a video with death threats including brandishing firearms Bush what in the world's going on in Las Vegas with that team we got a lot of kids right now who are immature and the league drafts them because of their athletic prowess and ability there but they haven't really did a very up close and personal job on the personal life of the particulars there and get them help before they get into some ridiculously bad trouble. Uh, they knew about Rugg and his uh, his livelihood before he got drafted and also probably this other individual too as they dig out information and we just getting it there. NFL's got to do a better job of how they scout the players there per se. I've always had the complaint of uh, how they do it. They go to these big schools, they hand out these uh, Big contract to uh, some of these uh, players who basically right now their character is not up to par, okay? They're in there for the money, and the school knows they're in there for the money, and it works out for them for the draft. But, again, the smaller schools and uh, and the athletes who go out there and play their heart out uh, don't get a dime, okay? They end up going to these particular teams as uh, free agents or uh just walking in the camp just just to try try to get a chance. So the NFL is going to have to change that tune on how they do things and how they look over at the players. That confine that they serve is not serving what it's supposed to serve, and that is checking out the character of these particular ball players that are being drafted. Butch, finally, before we go to break, uh, just one team with one loss in the league, Arizona, who was without Kyler Murray and – um, Hopkins at wide receiver, they win yesterday. And just one team with no wins, that's the Detroit Lions. So parity abound for at least most of the teams in the NFL outside of maybe the Lions and Houston. Uh, it, it's going to be a wild playoff chase as we go through the season. Well, the playoff chase, I'm looking forward to up close and personal. As far as the Lions is concerned, I think they, the Lions should have at least one out of the whole batch right now. They should be at least four and four. 
But that won't be that story will not be told because again the poor coaching that the Lions have done, and I mean poor coaching and advice from the coaching staff, uh, the coordinators and whatnot. I cannot. And, and again, I will not blame the players on this particular uprising of the Detroit Lions. They got to get better coaching there. And if the ownership doesn't realize that the coaching is bad, then we are in some serious, serious trouble there. Absolutely. But we're going to take a break here on the game. We come back, we'll transition to college football as one of the teams that was in the playoff picture had a rough game. And I watched all of it, and we'll talk all about it and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask what the CSB family can do for you. With conveniences like online banking, access your money when and where you want. CSB Loan Pay Express. Pay your CSB loan wherever you are. Instant issue debit cards. Stop by your local branch and get a new card without the wait. Mobile wallet. Make purchases right from your smartphone. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations today to get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Getting the kids to practice on time, remembering if it's your day to bring snacks, making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, PEC supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rodyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 722 on the game, ESPN 1400, as we are continuing to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to the college gridiron as both Michigan State and Michigan were in action after their big game at East Lansing a week or so ago. Well, Michigan State 
followed up that game by continuing not to play very good defense as they fall at Purdue by the score of 40 to 29. The Spartans give up almost 600 yards of offense. And how about this? A former walk-on quarterback for Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, throwing for 536 yards, the fifth most in a game in Big Ten history. It was also the most passing yards against an AP top five team since Patrick Mahomes did it against Baylor in 2016. Uh, Butch, I was worried about this game going in, especially after the big win against Michigan. And you can't count out how good Purdue played on a Saturday. Michigan State's defense couldn't stop. They couldn't stop a cold in July. Well, <laughs> someone didn't get the memo, okay, about Purdue, okay? Yeah. And that hurt Michigan State tremendously there because they're going to have to do a lot of catching up. And they better be praying and also getting ready for Ohio State and the other team called Penn State there because that's right down their throats right now. And they mess up any of those particular games. Michigan State will go to a bowl, but they won't be going to where they think they're going to go there. And they'll all be for not there. Uh, they messed up. And, you know, it's not that no one put the word out about Purdue and how they play uh, – uh, upper echelon opponents there, okay? You know, they have done a tremendous job. They have done, they have the most victories of, of, uh, top 10 teams of all of, uh, football right now in, in, in college. Uh, the word's out and just Michigan State was not prepared. I was very ashamed of their cornerbacks and their safeties because they did a tremendous job on Michigan and especially in that second half. And they look like none of them showed up, okay? For whatever reason necessary, they, none of them showed up. Yeah, it certainly was a tough day for Spartan fans. The good news is there's still a lot to play for, including a Big Ten title, as the Spartans will be at home against Maryland on Saturday at 4 p.m. And Butch Michigan uh, improved to 8-1 and one Saturday night as they stomped the Indiana Hoosiers 29-7 to as their defense really looked good, especially in that second half, giving up just... 53 yards and so Michigan much like Michigan State and Ohio State Butch really all control their own fate neither of any of those teams are out of the playoff picture uh, a couple of them will be as far as the playoff rankings tomorrow but Michigan bounced back nicely on Saturday night well Michigan State doesn't have the pressure that Jim Harbaugh have right now he's not won no games against time opponents and right now that is what's staring Jim Harbaugh in the fence as right now he has not won a big game when it comes down to Ohio State or Penn State there he has not been very successful there okay uh, maybe a couple times with Penn State there but other than Ohio State he has got zilch with them there those are the teams that he's going to have to beat if they want them to have any kind of luxury watch there. I think, again, the more the pressure is on Michigan than it is on Michigan State. Butch was an interesting afternoon with press conferences with Mel Tucker from Michigan State and Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and many Michigan fans still can't get over the loss to Michigan State, complaining about the officials. Uh, a question was asked to Jim Harbaugh today as far as if the Big Ten office called him uh, to discuss uh, an overturn.
overturned strip sack fumble recovery touchdown by Aiden Hutchinson in the first half, mind you, of Michigan State's win against Michigan. Harbaugh, I'm quoting here, says, yeah, as we all expected, all saw mistakes were made. The reporter asked, you heard from them? Harbaugh said that was the response. They made a mistake. Reporter on that call, Harbaugh, yeah, and others. Reporter, so they said they made mistakes on other calls? Harbaugh, yes. Reporter, just being clear. Harbaugh, can't be more clear than that. Reporter, well, there were a lot of calls. That's why I wasn't sure. Harbaugh, finally, yeah, there were. The film doesn't lie, you know. Mel Tucker responded uh, about 40 minutes later to uh, questions on some calls on Saturday against his team, and Tucker says, and I quote, I don't like to talk about bad calls. That's not part of our culture. We don't like to make excuses about anything. I think that makes your program soft. I think it gives your coaches and your players a way out, so I don't even like to talk about it that much. What are your thoughts on how the two coaches handle officials and bad calls? Jim Harbaugh and Michigan fans can't seem to let it go. Mel Tucker says it happened. Move on. Well, Mel Tucker took the, the high road, okay? And he should be commended on that, okay? As far as uh, he looked at the officiating, no one can do anything about it. No one can do anything about it, but the Big Ten officials there who watched the game, I'm quite sure after it has been resolved. And, uh, didn't do anything with the officials or whatever it may be. At least we have not heard any officials of that point has been suspended or, or been uh, let go of their duties or whatnot because of bad calls there. So I've seen bad calls all through college football all this year, okay? And I, I I'm, you know, it would take me – to give an arm and a leg to see or to say something that really and truly how officiating is being done in, in the college ranks, it, it needs to improve, as though in other sports as well, but especially in college, especially during this time of year, when you're looking at four teams who are looking to get in a uh, particular uh, situation to uh, grab the goal for college football and yet again, officiating uh, takes a, a front seat to all that happened in there. Michigan needs to suck it up, okay? They got their rear end kicked in, okay, by Michigan State, and that's on them, okay? But the officiating and whatnot there, I agree with both the coaches there, although Mel Tucker did not want to elaborate on it there. Uh, it. It needs to improve. It it has to improve, you know. And, um, again, college football is going to have to do something about it in order, I don't know, to give some more uh, particular uh, chances to watch the film or whatever it may be or how they're coming about. Uh, The games are going absolutely too long as it is there. The football game is really a three-hour game, and now it's been turned into four and four and a half hours there. So, I don't know, but they got they got something to to look at and work on. Butch, two things that are certain in life: death and taxes. Two things that are certain in sports world, college football wise: bad officials making bad calls and Michigan fans and coaches whining incessantly. That will never change. <laughs> Why with taxes and you get a refund? You know, That's right. Not you know what I'm saying? So. I don't know. Again, I think uh, Mel Tucker took the high road on this here, and I think he should be commended. Uh, whatever the coach of Michigan said, Harbaugh said there, it, 
you know what? It, it means nothing now. Butch, uh, what does mean something are the playoff rankings, which will be uh, updated tomorrow. Uh, last week, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, and Oregon were the top four teams in the uh playoff rankings obviously Michigan State won't be there on their heels right now Ohio State who won uh, not convincingly at Nebraska and Cincinnati sitting there at number six undefeated Oklahoma also undefeated Michigan's up there Wake Forest they lost so they're out what does Cincinnati have to have happen for them to get in they're going to need I think all these teams above them to lose at least once uh, maybe even some twice does Cincinnati have any shot right now you know Again, you know, you have a lot of people out there looking at the, the quote unquote the major conference and some of the football teams they which is uh Cincinnati is a division one team, regardless of who they play and what they play, for people grown grown people to sit up there and talk about who's good and who's bad, who's belongs and who's not. That's just a bunch of uh boulder dash there. I'm just so sorry to say that. You know, Cincinnati belongs in the conversation. They should be the one of the top four teams right now, in my guesstimation. Uh, Wake Forest, I don't know what to say about them, but uh, they lost their chance. But again, uh, Cincinnati, there's no reason why they're not given uh, a push and a pull, you know, toward the top four, okay? And if it doesn't, then just something's very hokey about college football and the people who vote on this stuff there, they need that needs to be over overread and overlooked. And again, I can't really go along with it because I've been the one, as well as others, including yourself, who need more people in the playoff position there. They got too many bowl games, number one. Those bowl games can be used as a buffer for playoff ratifications there. And they can't get it right like they get right the uh, college uh, basketball and some other playoffs that they have there, then shame on them. Butch, uh, one thing I think most people are in agreement with, the number one team, Georgia, 9-0. and They've given up 60 points all year. They are good. Yeah, very good, okay? That's the only truth that's only in this particular uh, relation there. And still, Georgia got to play Alabama when it comes down to the metal meeting the road in order to kind of Look at that particular ordeal there. If it comes down to it, I think it's going to come down to it in that Southeast Conference when uh, the two teams meet up together, and that's going to tell the story of who's who and what's what. But I don't think it should be that way. There's a lot of good teams in the top ten right now not getting the consideration they deserve. We're talking about Oklahoma State. This is Oklahoma, really, who yeah. not lost the game. Is not getting any consideration at all. They're playing some close games, but still, they have not lost anything. Butch, let's move on to the National Hockey League. After a rough start to their four-game road trip, the Red Wings bounce back nicely, winning in overtime at Buffalo on a Saturday night. And then last night at Little Caesars Arena, the return of Dylan Larkin, who was out after some uh, family personal issues. He returned, and everything in the Wings world was good. As the power play looked good, the Wings scored goals and defeated Vegas by the score of 5-2. to two. The Wings now 6-5-2 and two on the season, tied for third place in the Atlantic Division. They'll be home to Edmonton on Tuesday, home to Washington on Thursday, and Montreal on Saturday. 
Butch, uh, the wings looked uh, very good the last couple days. Are, are they are they contenders for the playoffs right now? In your opinion? In my opinion, yes. Uh, and I'm talking about I'm not talking about Raymond and and the other young man who's getting us practically almost every game he's played this, this season there. But I'm talking about now, I'm looking at the veterans and how they're now stepping up there. Uh, early in the season, uh, they were okay in the middle of the pack where they were going and they hit the road. Uh, it seemed like the veterans just lost interest. And it wasn't the only uh, ones who were giving any juice to them was the young kids that were out there or being, be given the opportunity there. Uh, the veterans are making a big difference there. Dylan Larkin coming back into the lineup, and he's fresh. Uh, Ty, uh, Tyler Batuzzi, per se, uh, coming in. He can't play but in Canada, but right. he's doing a heck of a job when he's able to hit the ice for the Red Wings in uh, the last two games. He's been a huge difference there. And it, it makes another team or your opponents play you honest. And the Red Wings have not had that, okay? It's always been the particularity of the Red Wings and what they had to do because they're always fighting from behind. But when you get ahead in the game and you get some pretty doggone good goaltending, but most importantly, the defense shows up there clearing the net and the forechecking of the forwards is going to play there, which I did see these last two games. Uh, the Red Wings have a very good chance. they got to keep it up. They cannot uh, – do what they want to do when they want to do it. They got to be somewhat build up some consistency here. Yeah, I, I think you said it well on your show last night. The future is now for the Red Wings. We've been talking over the years on all these draft picks, and you're finally starting to see some of these guys. And in hockey, Butch, it takes sometimes a, a lot longer for these players to get up and develop. And what Mort Sider has done on defense and Lucas Raymond are two prime examples. I mean, they're some of the Wings' best players right now. And, you know, this is a team that has improved defensively in my opinion uh, you know it's no longer the Harlem Globetrotters uh, uh, sweet Georgia Brown on the power play they're right in the thick of things and I think if they can continue to play this you know aggressive style with these kids and you mentioned the veterans that are having a key impact you're starting to see the workings of Steve Eiserman now in his I believe third year as general manager uh, really start to come to fruition this season well, the fruition is if you want to stay here, you got to play and want to play here. You're going to have to give something up because again, the Red Wings got too many young kids right now who are ready to come up right now. And bet your bottom dollar they will give a lot to this particular program if they're given the opportunity to do so. So if those veterans want to stay or don't want to get waived or cut or traded. And they like the, the position that the Red Wings are in because they're going to be in that position for quite many years because they're nothing but getting better. They're not getting worse. Um, they're going to have to play. And I, right now, I'm good to see some good play in there. Again, the consistency of the team has to be worked on big time there, okay? And you can't play defense when you want. you got to play defense all the time. That should be something that is very consistent with the Red Wings' dealings when they play other teams on the road or at home. you got to play defense. And the Red Wings are playing pretty good defense right now. Butch, before we go to our final break, uh, one undefeated team left 
left in the National Hockey League, at least in regulation. The Florida Panthers on top of the Atlantic Division, 10-0-1. Carolina atop of the Metropolitan Division at 9-1. You also have Minnesota atop of a very competitive Central Division at 8-3. And And Edmonton, 9-1, who the Wings will see this week. Uh, Those four teams certainly off to good starts. Uh, Any other thoughts as far as the NHL and some of the things that you've seen? Florida, with all the problems they had right now with the head coach and all the other stuff, are still beating the drums, okay? And they have not lost the beat. Matter of fact, they've gotten a lot better, okay? Yeah. So I, 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 I pity the fool who got to play Florida, okay? So they're, they're going to be in some serious trouble. As long as all those other teams that you mentioned there, I think the Oilers will be the biggest surprise to me right now. I wasn't expecting Edmonton to be uh, – with their record at nine and one, I wonder. You know what? Uh, it, it, it's worth the while to see some good teams come about, do what they got to do, and uh, again, give their all in, in what's going. What's going to be a good thing for the Red Wings there? Butch, we're going to take our final break of the night, but we have a lot more to talk about. We'll talk about the Pistons, the Tigers, and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN fourteen hundred. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. At Old Mission Bank, we're ready to make your home ownership dreams a reality. We're excited to announce that we now offer USDA home loans with options for 100% financing. You heard that right, 100% financing for qualifying USDA mortgages. Come see our experienced lenders to discuss your personal options and let us find the right mortgage for your needs, because it's what we do best. Act now to pre-qualify by calling us or apply directly online at OMBLoans.com. We're Old Mission Bank, home of your experienced local mortgage professionals. FDIC insured equal housing lender. Don Wilson Insurance Agency is big enough to serve and small enough to care. Don Wilson Insurance offers coverage from Fremont Insurance for personal, auto, home, boat, and commercial. Caring about community is just one of the things that sets us apart. We like to think of it as teamwork. When it comes to protecting the things that matter most, we have you covered. Call Don Wilson Insurance today for your free Fremont insurance quote at 906-635-5600. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes you had a wonderful summer. Our summer is coming to an end, and soon we will have snow. Now's the time to do your fall cleanup and make some extra money by selling your scrap metals. Reed Metals will give you an honest price for your metal without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals, and they'll print you a check. They'll pay you for items like scrap vehicles, heavy equipment, catalytic converters, Radiators, batteries, aluminum rims, motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Roll-off dumpster service available for both residential and commercial locations. Reed Metals is located just 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. 
Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 7.42 on the game, ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you missed part of the show or want to hear the full two-hour version, you can find it a little bit later on tonight on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, the Detroit Pistons idle until Wednesday when they will take on the Houston Rockets. Uh, one and eight on the season after losing on Friday to Brooklyn by the score of 96 to 90. The Pistons a little more competitive in that game. Cade Cunningham, who has struggled mightily from the field, did have a team high 17 points in that one. However, a six of 17 shooting. Uh, Pistons right now, Butch, uh, certainly a work in progress. Uh, what are some of the things that you've seen that you liked? And what are some of the things that this team needs to improve on if they want to avoid getting the number one pick again this season? <laughs> You're very nice with the Pistons. Loaded <laughs> question. They would appreciate you, too. And by the way, 1,400, the Pistons. That's right. That's right. Uh, I haven't seen nothing. Now, personally speaking there, I saw early some good defensive play on defense there. Their problem is they're not putting the ball in the hoop. Nope. The people who are capable of putting the ball in the hoop, they're not giving those particular individuals the ball. I'm talking about Luca Garza. I'm talking about Olenek, okay, their center. Seems like the big men are doing an incredible job. Now, uh, Jackson, um, Bay, uh, our new rookies there, as well as Hayes. They got to step up their game, okay? I don't know what they're eating or what they're drinking, but it's not working for them at all. And, again, we're looking at a coach who basically thrives on this three-point shot. It's going to be the savior of the masters of Detroit Pistons, and they're and they're right now 29th in the league in three-point uh, efficiency there. If that don't tell you something there, uh I, I'm not looking too clever when it comes down to the midpoint of the season there. Something got to happen there. And this coach is going to have to sell his product and he gets some immediate improvement. Or, you know, he's going to lose the, the, the so-called sellout crowds, which it has not been none. No. No sellouts at all there. It was a shame to watch, look at the Buffalo uh, Redways game there. But the Pistons, that. That's going to look worse, okay? And, and, and indeed, right now they they got to they got to look at how they're doing. Again, the coaching and the philosophy is not matching the team that they have on the floor, which I believe are some good young kids there. But you got to put them in a position that they're at their best, and many of them are not at their best to be pressured to be shooting a three point shot. Yeah, you mentioned it, Butch, near the bottom of statistics, not just in three-point shooting, but also from the field. And what gets me is so many of these three-pointers are uncontested, as the majority of them are in the NBA. Uh, you know, at some point, doesn't Dwayne Casey have to look and say, you know what, we got we got to start doing something else? And, and should Piston fans be worried about Cade Cunningham? It's very early. He was injured, but he's put up some pretty uh, low shooting percentages early on. Uh, should should Piston fans be worried about that right now? Sure, he's not well. He's not 100%. No. And, and in that case, 
the Pistons got to make a decision on that particular ordeal there. Do you keep Kate Cunningham to kind of work yourself into shape or put yourself in greater jeopardy to get more injured where you can't use them throughout the year? Or do you sit the guy and sit him out until he's 110% in shape where he can run the floor and be an impact to the Detroit Pistons? Uh, that's the question right now. And right now the Pistons have picked their path and that is to play him this way or that way. But, again, his efficiency on the floor when it comes down to shooting is a joke. Pistons in action this week, as I mentioned, at Houston on Wednesday, at Cleveland on Friday, and at Toronto on Saturday. You can hear all those games right here on your home for the Pistons in the Eastern Upper Peninsula, ESPN 1400. Butch, around the NBA, uh, Philadelphia found out that Joel Embiid uh, tested positive for COVID-19. He is out of the lineup tonight as the Sixers are taking on the Knicks. Right now, the Sixers have the best record in the East at 8-2 and two and best record in the West, Golden State at 8-1 and one as Steph Curry continues to play well along with Draymond Green. Uh, same question I asked uh, about the NHL earlier. Uh, early days in the NBA, but what are some of the things that you've seen and, and some of the teams you're keeping your eye on? Well, naturally, Milwaukee, which right now is not uh, playing up to snuff right now. They're, they're, a lot of teams know that who they are from winning the uh, NBA title last year, and they're going to get their best. And, well, they should. And Milwaukee right now, I think it's going to take them a little time to get themselves in order. But, again, in about December, I think the tide will turn, hopefully, for Milwaukee's fans that they start winning some games and winning some important games because right now they're not doing that. The New York Knicks is another team that I am watching very, very closely there. Uh, you don't see a lot from them, but you see some good doggone old-fashioned veterans, yep. play some good old-fashioned basketball. And they're doing a heck of a job, and their shooting is not bad as well as either. That's another team I'm watching. Although they're not in first place, the Knicks uh, look like they're going to be there. The Miami Heat is another team that I am closely looking at in the East there, uh, giving somebody a lot of trouble there. In the West position there, I'm kind of surprised with Dallas, okay? I think Dallas should could and should be a better team than what they are. But Utah and uh, Portland is now getting hot as a firecracker. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, oh, boy, mm. that is a problem in yep. itself there. And they need to straighten out some things. And, again, a decision has to be made. Do you sit LeBron James down for a considerable period of time, let the players who are on the floor who are healthy do the work, and hopefully at a present time when uh, LeBron is close to 100% and when he comes in the lineup, can be able to help the team or be a better team right now. Russell Westbrook right now is not looking like the Russell Westbrook that we have known and loved for years. Butch, uh, the Detroit Tigers made a move last Wednesday as they worked out a trade with the Cincinnati Reds for eight-year veteran and two-time gold glove winner catcher Tucker Bernhardt. The Tigers will pick up Bernhardt's club option of $7.5 million for 2022 and sent third base prospect Nick Quintana and a second-round pick in 2019 to the Reds. Uh, certainly the Tigers needed a catcher after uh, rookie Jake Rogers underwent Tommy John surgery last season, and they picked up uh, a pretty decent one, in my opinion, uh, in Cincinnati. The production of the catcher for the Detroit Tigers, it just went up, okay? Yep. 
Because you got Eric Haas who's going to catch. Uh, I, I think, personally, being that they got Barnhart now, he'll be catching the majority of the game, uh, providing he's hitting, okay? But if Haas is hitting like he did last year, uh, Haas has to look at this average, okay, and getting a good point average. But, again, the amount of runs that he knocked in last year and home runs that no one expected him to have except me. Uh, you okay? did. You did. I said it. I, I said it way before he was picked up by Detroit. Because he wasn't picked up by Detroit when uh, the, the the smoke cleared in February and in March when the, the first roster came out. He was an afterthought there. But when he got on the team, he showed everybody that he do belong there. I think the Tigers got to make some doggone good sound decision of who belongs and who do not belong there. And a lot of the Tigers right now, if you haven't heard, they're playing win a ball, Okay. Is this going to help them or hurt them, okay? Too much of a good thing may not be the the remedy when it comes down to spring training, when it comes down to February, when a lot of these players from the Winter Leagues and whatnot in Australia as well as in uh, South America uh, doesn't fan well there. Then you come up to Detroit where it's below zero and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> to play your ball for April and May is not a very good recipe there. So that's going to be a very curious deal to look at when the Tigers open up their training camp in uh, February there. You know, but, of course, the winter uh, league meetings hasn't started up yet there, and I'm expecting the Tigers to spend some more money. Butch, uh, since we last broadcast our show, the Atlanta Braves win the World Series in six games over Houston, uh, winning game six, seven to nothing, their first world championship since 1995. And this was a team, Butch, that was below 500 in August, but you talked them up a lot this year, and Atlanta wins the World Series. Your thoughts? Well, everybody who says that you could be down and not get up, and the Tigers were in that same position doing. Yep. Again, before the All-Star break, and this is after the All-Star break, the Atlanta Braves were under 500, and they was considerably under 500. But again, they got themselves together. They looked at their team in general. Uh, they did some major things that helped the team. They did not let injuries or their first-line players who were gone for the rest of the year uh, paint them up. Their management staff went out there and got four good players that basically were on maybe teams that were not going anywhere but came in there and made a huge contribution there. Uh, what can you say? You know, if you want to win, you can win. But you got to have the support of everybody in order to do that. And Atlanta should be tipping off their cap uh, for the, the job they did over a good, good Houston team. Butch, a couple quick hitters here before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down. You spoke about winners. Kyle Larson wins NASCAR's season-ending championship. And Butch, uh, the question I have is, uh, you're, you're a racing guy, especially with the uh, Detroit Grand Prix. NASCAR's just fallen off the map as far as sports interest. Uh, you know, I used to have friends that watched it a lot. I never hear them talk NASCAR. I don't see many highlights on the on the telly, if you will. Why is NASCAR having so many problems as far as getting viewers and just fans? 
I just say it, television, the consistency of television there. Yep. You have so many uh, races on Fox. You have so many races on uh, ESPN, which basically they have the ability to go on ABC and has not done it. Uh, you got CBS that does some of the races there, uh, the IMA uh, C races there. They, 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 it just, it, and then the ability to see a lot of the, the older races, okay, uh, not do very well. That they, many of them, they don't stay with the same club that they were when they first came in they, that they were raising all kind of sand with. They went to other clubs or they own their own particular business there and a lot of changes been made along with sponsors of it there. And I think right now the way things do, and COVID has a lot to do with that too, with the, uh, the notoriety of NASCAR uh, 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 racing there. And many fans are not able to go see the races, only a particular few. Uh, that takes a lot out of it. It's a big thing when you ever go to a NASCAR race or a racing uh, spiel to see it in person, okay? Because you're only going to get maybe a corner of the whole race in right. general. But the feel of the crowd and the people there and the knowledge in the crowd as well, that's where I get really, uh, you know, I'm spiked up about there because I've been around a lot of races and whatnot there, not only the NASCAR there at uh, Michigan Speedway, but, you know, the one downtown that's going to be changed over. And what you find out with the people who are there, they're very knowledgeable of what's going on. They're more knowledgeable with the owners of those particular deals there. And, you know, the younger brass right now is not getting that, okay? So if you want to kind of grow NASCAR, you got to go after the young kids there. And right now, if you've got the, uh, these movies out that have you drifting and a whole lot of other stuff there, uh, the notoriety is not going there, okay? It's going to other things that in my opinion, should not they have should not be going to. Bush, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start thumbs up to the Rudyard Bulldogs football and volleyball teams, both advancing in their playoffs and what has been a spectacular year plus for that sports program and so best of luck to the Bulldogs as well as the Pickford Panthers in volleyball and the Sioux High Blue Devils. Also thumbs up to a big week for U.S. soccer as they will take on Mexico this Friday and be taking on Jamaica next week. Uh, certainly qualification for the World Cup is continuing and a big match against Mexico on a Friday night. Thumbs down to Aaron Rodgers and everything that went down with him. We discussed it earlier so I don't need to go into any more details. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Well, I give a thumbs up to, and you're going to be surprised, Mr. Abear there, okay? Yes. Um, San Diego Chargers there uh, came out and threw bullets out there, and then they won their game there, and they're not far behind there from what they're trying to accomplish there, their new stadium and whatnot. The end of Plus, they showed today their brand-new uh, facilities there. That, man, it, it, if you get to go on the Internet and see it, it is good, man. I can live there, you know, get a little cotton stuff. Let's move. <laughs> uh, yes, let's do it today. Uh, <laughs> hey, we can fly now, i tell you what. Yeah. Uh, thumbs down go to Ed Rogers, uh, per se there, on uh, his 
lying mouth there. Now, hopefully, again, he kind of win the the population of Green Bay Likers and Aaron Rodgers Likers alone to get himself together and be somewhat truthful. And, and you know, he don't have to go through a lot of rituals there, but tell somebody, he, you know, he's sorry, you know, and, and start going about doing things in the right way. He's too good of a, a to me, a good person and a very intelligent person to do what he's doing. And I think the big thumbs down is that concert in Houston there. That yep. is a doggone shame. I've been to Astro World a couple times in my livelihood there, and I for the life of me, the 50,000-plus people who they let in there who are freestanding, the majority of them, not in a booth or not, it, that is a shame. Yeah, certainly was a sad uh, state of affairs there in Houston. Butch Davis joining us on the game. You can find Butch on Sports from last night and uh, this upcoming Wednesday and Sunday all on his podcast page, Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.Potomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook. Butch, appreciate you joining us on this Monday night for this edition of the game, and we will talk to you next Monday night. Have a great week, and certainly we'll have lots more to talk about next Monday. Yep. But get your shovels out, boys and girls. We'll need them for the Lions and also the snow that's coming. Yep, we'll be getting that this week. Butch, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Monday, sir. Take care, Scott. All right, you too, Butch. And that's going to do it for our show. I want to thank Butch Davis along with our guest, Jim Suggett from Rudyard Football and co-host David McKegg Jr. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it in about 15 minutes or so on the podcast site, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We'll talk to you next Monday for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.